Howdy. On today's episode of the Better Living for Texans podcast, we tackle an important topic that really drives the kind of why we do what we do mission and efforts of BLT. We will be joined by BLT agent Lindsay Brunick Rodriguez in McLennan County to help us understand what is food insecurity. Welcome back to episode four. I'm Emily Nelson, and this week we are talking about a bit of a different topic than our usual conversation. We're talking about food insecurity. So you may be wondering, what exactly does food insecurity mean? Well, it's a bit more than going to the kitchen and finding your favorite foods aren't in the pantry or the fridge and saying, oh, I have nothing to eat. It's much bigger, and frankly, it's more important than that. And oftentimes, it's a result of longstanding social and economic factors. So in 2018, an estimated one in nine Americans were food insecure, equating to over 37 million Americans, including more than 11 million children. The United States Department of Agriculture, again, that's the USDA, defines food insecurity as a lack of consistent access to enough food for an active and healthy life. So it's important to know that though hunger and food insecurity are closely related and kind of sound like the same thing, they're actually distinct concepts. So hunger refers to a person's physical sensation of discomfort, while food insecurity refers to the lack of available financial resources for food at the household level. So while everyone can experience hunger throughout their day, not everyone is food insecure, and that's an important distinction to make. Because food insecurity is often a compilation of multiple factors, including really most importantly, low-income families who are affected by multiple overlapping issues like lack of affordable housing, social isolation, chronic or acute health problems, high medical costs, and low wages. So if you add just one or two of those social problems together, that can take up a large portion of one's budget that can leave little for food, let alone healthy food. Also, add in the fact that they may live 20 minutes from the closest grocery store that can only be accessed via public transit, which runs from X hour in the morning to Y hour at night, and they have you know, long-term chronic effects on the wide range of health. There are so many different variables that really contribute to what is food insecurity and how it affects so many people. While households are often described as either food secure or food insecure, Four levels of food security describe the range of the household's experience in accessing enough food. So households with high food security and marginal food security make up what we call the food secure category. And that means that, you know, those households really have no problem or anxiety about consistently having access to adequate food. However, on the bottom side of that of that scale, you have what we what we would call then the the food insecure category so that would be they would be in the range of low food security which means households um, reduce the quality and variety and desirability of their diets because of the food around them or the limitations of the food that they can't have or can have and at the very very bottom we call that very low food security and so at times during the year, eating patterns of one or more household members were disrupted and food intake reduced because the household lacked money or other resources for food. So who is often most vulnerable to food insecurity? And research shows from the USDA, again, all this material is from the USDA, 
and their affiliates' websites that seniors, children, and those who live in rural communities, as well as African Americans and the Latinx community. At this point, you may be trying to calculate where you fall in this conversation, whether you have high food security or maybe closer to low food security. Um, I bet you're not alone. And if you go to uh, map.feedingamerica.org, you can actually see what the food insecurity situation looks like in community, whether that's your city, your county, your congressional district, your state, or even nationwide. It's a really good interactive resource, and I think it really helps shed a light on really this 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 problem and realizing that it's all around us, whether it's in your specific block or your specific area in the community and makes us realize, I think we all could have an impact or we can impact how, um, how this issue is perceived moving forward. So obviously with the COVID-19 outbreak, nearly every aspect of our lives have been turned upside down. I mean, the big factor is the skyrocketed unemployment, which has reached staggering numbers since not only just the Great Recession, but even the Great Depression in the 1930s. We are at those record numbers, which would be the first factor that comes to mind when thinking of those who would maybe most newly vulnerable to food insecurity. But as we've discussed, food insecurity stems from much more than just economic factors. But for example, think about all the schools that are closing and the fact that children are You know, they're already, as we said, at an at-risk population for food insecurity. So think about those children that that the one meal that was guaranteed to them throughout their day was a public school lunch. So, or maybe the reduced hours of public transit and the grocery store hours don't allow people to uh, get there in time if they're working long hours in their job. So there's a lot of different factors, and it's a really it's a really complex issue that can last well beyond a 20-minute podcast for sure. But to help illustrate the work that Better Living for Texans is doing in our state, we're going to bring on Lindsay Brunig Rodriguez to talk more about the work in her community. All right, now we have on the show Lindsay Brunig Rodriguez, who is the BLT agent in McLennan County. Thanks so much for coming on. Of course, thanks, Emily. Yeah, if you want to take a few minutes and just kind of introduce yourself, where you're located, kind of what you do within within your community. Yeah, so I um, am in McLennan County, which the big city that many are familiar with is Waco. Um, I've lived in Waco now for um, kind of officially for about three years and have really grown to love the town. I went to school here. And so it was just kind of great to continue that into my professional career. Here in McLennan County, we do, um, we have all sorts of different um, resources and programs and partnerships and agencies that are looking out to help and better the lives of those in the county. And so I get, I'm fortunate to get to work with lots of different schools and some different food pantries and food banks um, to help bring the SNAP-Ed education that BLT does um, in a variety of different ways, whether that's through little summer camps or through weekly um, classes at a food pantry um, or through like kids after school programs. Um, We bring that education and we get to you know, make some tasty recipes or do some fun physical activity um, in the meantime. That sounds great. I really like that you mentioned the food pantries because obviously today our our topic is, and the question that's driving this episode is what is food insecurity? Mm-hmm. And so I know we just briefly talked about it in, in the introduction, but again, the USDA defines food insecurity as a lack of consistent access to food, uh, 
to kind of fuel a healthy and active lifestyle. And so what would you say that, that the efforts that are happening in McLennan County, where is, is kind of BLT fitting into, into those, uh, that, that, that mission and those efforts? Yeah. Well, like, while we're not necessarily running those food pantries and we're not, uh, we're not the ones delivering that food. That's, that's what, uh, that's how our partnerships are so strong is that we're partnering with those food pantries who they're, they're functioning every day, delivering pounds and pounds of food um, to residents and um, helping, helping them then leave, um, excuse me, live and have those active, um, healthy lifestyles. And I think that active and healthy lifestyle part is where BLT comes in. Um, we might get food and we might be able to, um, see, you know, a food pantry might be fortunate to get a ton of carrots and a, an individual might not know what to do with a ton of carrots. <laughs> and so we have to get creative and think of different recipes that we can use and, um, we can use and, enjoy so that we're not having to have food go to waste. And so uh, sometimes the food pantries, we might get really weird. And I say weird because sometimes it's vegetables that I'm not necessarily very familiar with, but we might get some items that we have to get creative in, in the kitchen. And so we try to then reduce the cost that folks don't have to go to the store. So we're helping save money in that instance that we're able to use what the food pantry gives us and use it to our fullest extent and um, making those recipes and also trying to make sure that we're keeping in mind that they're going to be beneficial and healthy for our bodies. I like that you mentioned the, that where kind of BLT comes in is with that SNAP education. What would you say would be some of the programs that you really like running that you think really pair well with the missions of those food pantries and, and uh, those agencies that we partner with to help, um, help mitigate food insecurity, not only in obviously McLennan County, but just in the state of Texas. What are some of your favorite BLT programs that you like, that, yeah. that you like to teach, but also that, that really like kind of emulate that mission of that, that, you know, particular agency, but also BLT? Um, yeah. So we have all sorts of different curriculums that can be really specific to some, um, content. Like for example, like we have a nutrition label, curriculum that I love doing when um, we're diving into like that kind of specific topic. But I have to say like my favorite um, is called a fresh start to a healthier you. And that it's my favorite for a couple reasons because it's, it's broad. And so it offers lots of opportunity for um, to tailor it to that group that we're with. And so it's four sessions that to me, it also gives you the full picture. And so that we're able to talk about, um, we talk about food safety because if you're getting food and you don't store it properly for one, it might go bad. And then if you eat it, then you're potentially putting yourself mm -hmm. or your loved ones at harm. And so food safety, we start with food safety. Then we talk about like, what is a balanced plate? What is, um, what is this healthy lifestyle that we're talking about? And we know um, we're, we're highlighting that we're not giving you some strict diet. We're good for trying to, um, talk about just choices and how moderation comes into effect. And then, then, so we're enjoying food. We're trying to have that be something that we celebrate and not something that people feel like is so, um, I don't know, repetitive and boring or something that like controls your life. Um, and so we, we want to enjoy food in that sense. And then we also want to be able to have food not be 
one of the burdens. In fact, like food is one of, um, to, to pull the stat off my head, I don't have those numbers memorized, but um, I know in one of our um, curriculums that we talk about how how big of a portion food can come out of someone's um, budget. And so um, being aware of those food choices and helping then save money to help then do your other day-to-day lives, whether that's pay rent, keep the bills, pay the bills, pay for childcare. And so that's that kind of that third lesson brings in talking about um, how do we save money when we're at the store and when we're shopping? Absolutely. I really like that you mentioned that, that kind of financial aspect of it too. Um, I mean, obviously everyone is, especially right now with the whole, you know, Mm COVID-19 moment that we're all in is everyone's trying to, you know, cut a little bit, you know, save money in, 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 in whatever part of their budget they can. Um, just because, you know, times are hard. And then if you add that to, even when we're outside, you know, before, whenever this whole thing is done, that there are still those, those issues, whether it's economic, whether it is, um, you know, economic as in, in a job or economic as in housing, economic as in, um, you know, medical bills that, that people are always looking to find the, the most amount of food for the least amount of, of price. And right. so, and, and so I think here, you know, at BLT, we have a couple, we have a lot of recipes actually, <laughs> but we, um, you had mentioned that there are a couple that like really, really are great for making the most of stretching their dollar when eating healthy. Can you speak to that too? Right. Yeah. I was, you know, I was telling you before that I was, when I think about, you know, food, you know, there's a lot of different factors. So just to talk about nutrition, we can't just look at nutrition by itself. We also need to think about the cost and we need to think about the convenience as well. Um, I'm not going to stand in front of a class and tell everyone you need to cut up every single vegetable every single night because we know that's going to take time that a lot of times Mm -hmm. families might not have. And so yeah, convenience sometimes is going to play the biggest role. That might be the biggest factor we're taking in tonight. So that I, I find then that might be what kind of tips someone to be like, okay, let's just go through the drive-thru. That's fast. It's convenient, but over time, those costs, like it might be cheap at the moment, but if we do that every single day, those costs are going to add up. And then we know too that fast food isn't always going to be the most healthy option for us. And so but before like we were preparing for this, I was just perusing through like a couple recipes. And one that kind of stood out to me was the stir fry vegetables and beef, which has, you know, has lots of different spices, but then it has lots of different um, veggies in it. And then it also has... Uh, beef and then rice. So it has a lot of our food groups in it. And uh, when you look at that, I mean, there's convenience. Okay. You do have to prepare it. So that is something maybe taking a a, a step ahead to maybe have prepared it the night before, if you know, tonight's Mm -hmm. going to be a busy night. Um, But in that prep time, it, you know, our recipe estimates takes about 20 minutes to prep, takes about 10 minutes to cook, but then that cost per serving is $1.43 which I don't know about you. I don't see many things on the menu. We see a dollar menu, but I don't think you see as well-rounded of a meal at the dollar menu at a drive-thru. Absolutely. So here, a dollar yeah. forty-three. this does serve four. So if you were needing to, um, you know, that might be just, if you need just two servings, there's two extra meals. Or if you need to double it, if you're serving a you know family of six or eight, you could account for that accordingly. 
Um, and so it, it's, it's kind of shifting that mindset of that convenience, letting convenience be that first factor that we take into consideration. And instead, I mean, it does take a little bit of planning, but in the long run, $1.43 per person, and they also get beef and they get veggies and they get grains. Um, that's a, to me, that's a much, that, that pays off longer and is going to be better for us um, in the long run. Absolutely. Um, uh, we will, for those of you listening, we will go ahead and plug or link that recipe to the, what was it again? The vegetable uh, stir fry? Yeah. Stir fry vegetables and beef. And the fun thing about this is, you know, you don't, it, it calls for, you know, carrots and broccoli, bell pepper, but if you have cabbage, throw cabbage in, you don't have to follow yeah. it explicitly. You can use whatever veggies you have available. And if you have chicken instead of beef, throw Throw in um, the chicken, and if you want to go veggie, you could do uh, maybe beans, or you could do um, lots of different options that you don't have to. Um, if you don't have the beef, you can still do the recipe. Absolutely. So finding that kind of substitution of of what works, what's already in your pantry, mm-hmm. and and saving money that way too, so you don't feel like you have to go. Oh, this is what the recipe calls for. I must go buy those exact ingredients. So it's right. nice to know there's a lot of like, wiggle room, I guess, for the recipe, but also for your budget when finding that kind of the, uh, a meal like that that is so low cost per per serving, but can and can sustain you in a lot of ways. Obviously, yeah, uh, yeah, for your meal and for your nutrition, but sustain your budget as well. So. Um, so yeah, like I said, we will go ahead and we'll link that recipe onto our social media sites in our website as well. Is there anything else that you would like um, listeners to, to maybe check out? Yeah. Um, so just uh, kind of two different resources that provide, um, that are going to result in food at the end. Um, if you're, if you're looking for food right now, um, there are whatever County you're living in, in the state of Texas, or whether you're not even in Texas and listening to this, um, we, um, there are resources to help find those food pantries and food banks. And in Texas, uh, feedingtexas.org um, is going to be one of those resources where um, if you go to get help, so that full website, which Emily, if you don't mind linking it at the end, but feedingtexas.org backslash get dash help dash, you can enter in your zip code and it will take you to any food pantry or food bank that's in that area uh, for you. And then, so that's getting that food instantly. And then also um, yourtexasbenefits.com is going to be your resource for applying for SNAP. And then SNAP is going to be, um, your SNAP benefits are what you're gonna be able to use at the grocery store to help and to aid in um, you able to buy extra those groceries. Perfect. Well, Lindsay, I appreciate you so much coming on and talking about this and, and kind of like what McLennan County is doing, but how BLT really can can help in the fight against food insecurity here in Texas. So thank you so much. Oh, of course. That about wraps it up for today's episode. Thanks so much for listening. I know we talked about a lot of different things. If you're interested in doing a little more research or um, trying to get a bit more of a backstory on food insecurity in your community, again, I really urge you to check out that map um, at map.feedingamerica.org. Another great place to start is the USDA's website, so usda.gov. Another resource is ers.usda.gov, and that ERS stands for Economic Research Service. So again, ers.usda.gov. 
um, is a really specific site that can help give a little more insight um, on reports and data and such on food insecurity within the United States. And you can narrow it down and find about information here in Texas. Again, um, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And hopefully you're learning something and um, be sure to like and subscribe. Follow us on social media um, and Facebook. You can find us at facebook.com backslash better living for Texans on Instagram and Twitter at better Texans. Go ahead, drop a comment um, or, you know, DM us if you want to talk more about a certain topic, not just maybe on food and security, but anything, or if you have a question that you'd like for us to cover in an episode, that would be really great. And we'd love to hear feedback and commentary from each of you. So um, we will catch you next week. Next week, we are talking with a BLT agent in Wichita County, Heather Simpson, and talking about how we can stay active without uh, a gym. So um, be sure to stay tuned for that. I'm really excited and looking forward to that episode as well. And we will see you next week. USDA is an equal opportunity provider and employer. This material was funded by the USDA's Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, SNAP.